Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just go to prayer right now as we approach his throne today. Maybe you have a need in your life you'd like to be remembered today. We just raise your hand to God and we'll remember you in prayer today. Dear Jesus, as we bow before you today and we take these requests before your throne of grace. Lord, the request that were made here right now by uplifted hands, the requests that were made by, Lord, the, the many that we read across the desk today, you know ever need, Father. I pray, Lord, that you'll just speak to hearts and reveal yourself to your people. There's so many needs, Lord. And truly, Lord, as long as we live here on this earth, we're going to need you more. And the darker and the more evil the age gets, Lord, the more we're going to have to know how to, to stay in contact with you and have that fellowship. Lord, I pray today that you'll speak. Lord, that you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour it out today. Lord, hold nothing back. Let the rain, that latter rain of this word of the message of the end time pour out in his power with a super anointing upon your church. I pray, dear God, that you'll bring healing and deliverance. You'll lift up our spirits and cause us, Lord, to look to the promise, look away from the symptoms and troubles of life and the troubles of the world and, and, the, and the, the great and mighty waves and cause us now to walk upon our waters. Lord, I'm looking to you today to come on the scene. And I'm here, Lord, just to report for duty. To say, Lord, I still have many imperfections. I still have many ways, Lord, that I want changed. I know you want them changed too. And I just give myself to you, Lord, today for you to mold in your hand. You bring correction where it needs to be corrected. That you'll enlighten us. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we might know the hope of our calling. Lord, we don't want to be wrong. We want to be right. Lord, we want to treat your people right. And I pray, God, that you'll help us in our response and handling of the sword. That we'll do things in a godly manner. Bless now the word as it's read. And Lord, use us today as we report for duty. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Ever need supply today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to remember a special request. Sister, Sister Helen Williams was taken to the hospital this morning by emergency um, vehicles there. So just remember her in prayer. Sister Rachel, of course, is here and is a long ways away from Mama. Uh, that's over in Tucson. So, um, you know, I'm sure your, your prayers would be appreciated for her and for her mother as we have been holding that uh, request dear today in our hearts. Amen. Let's just sing the song, It's Jesus on the Inside. I, I, I want to just worship the Lord just a moment as we look into the scriptures and just Trust that he'll walk out of the pages of this Bible right among us in our midst this morning, reveal himself in a mighty way. 
Amen. Well, it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change is in my life. Oh, it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And oh, what a change is in my Don't you want that in your life, just Jesus to live on the outside as, as he lives on the inside? Amen. Let's turn to the Bible this morning. We'll go to the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. I'm going to speak today on the power of the atonement. Amen. Amen. We sing the song a lot of times of the power in the, that is in the blood, and we're going to be speaking about the power of the atonement. Jesus paid it all. Isaiah 53 and 5, he said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He is our sacrifice this morning. Amen. Our intercessor, our mediator, and the giver of mercy and grace. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. See in them that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace to the mercy seat, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'd also like to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read from the first verse there. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation, or that means the way we lived in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. I like this verse. But God, aren't you glad for that in the equations? This is how we were. But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, 
even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, that means made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together. Notice this word, together. This, this shows a unity that the same thing that he is, we are. So he has raised us up together and made us to sit to, uh, together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What a wonderful word to see us. God bless you. You can be seated. We have read in the Scripture in previous times as we studied the Bible how that Moses built a tabernacle in the wilderness. It would be that God would reveal himself in a tremendous way to Moses, catching him up in the cloud of his glory and bringing him into his presence and showing him things that were in the heavens. And tell Moses to go back to the earth and build a tabernacle on the earth that would be a reflective, a reflection of what you have just seen in the heavens. It was there that all Israel would watch as they had made these preparations for this tabernacle. It would be made out of tent and um, and all the different, uh, uh, as a tent be made out of different kind of animal skins and goat hairs and all the different things that were weaved and made to make this dwelling place a sacred place. Israel give, would give of its gold and of its silver and make ornaments and there would be brass and there would be a, a brazen altar and a, a labor there for the priest to wash, wash in and there would be golden candlesticks, seven of them, that would come to represent the seven ages in, uh, in the Gentile dispensation. But it would be that the light from the fire of the altar would be placed upon the candlestick and one by one they would be lit to light the way into the holy place. In the holy place there would be a table of shoe bread where there would be 12 loaves of bread that would be laid there upon that table. And it would represent the, the, the whole house of Israel which would be God's crop, God's people that he had chosen from all the face of the earth. There would be in there the altar of incense upon which the blood would be sprinkled, excuse me, the, the incense would be poured upon the coals there. And there the sweet-smelling incense would go up before God, which would represent the prayers of the saints. Inside and behind a great curtain, even going further into the temple, would be a place called the Holiest of Holies. And there would be an article that had been made out of gold. 
was taken upon and molded around common wood that they would have, a special wood of, um, uh, that, that they would have, that they would build an ark and then overlay it with gold and set upon it would be a lid. And upon that lid would be two cherubims, two golden cherubims that with overspreading wings that would be as guards over this sacred place. This box called the mercy seat would actually hold the, the, the tables of stone upon which were written the Ten Commandments, the Word of God. And so protecting the, this Word would be these cherubims, and then this place would be called the throne of God. And it would be there that God would come. In fact, there would be the Shekinah glory that Israel would watch in awe after the priesthood had been dedicated, after the, the place had been consecrated and all, of the, all was set in order and the blood had been uh, slain of the sacrifice and now taken into the holiest of holies and there would come the Shekinah glory down into that, into that place. And this place now would be called the place where God has chosen to put his name. And so in, a, in, a, in Exodus chapter 25, you can see the order, verse 21, and thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony, that's the tablets of stone, that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee. What a wonderful place. A meeting place with God. God wanted to come down and dwell with his people and give them a place of contact where that there would be fellowship between man and God, but this fellowship could only be done when there was the sacrifice of an animal that had taken, life had been taken from because man through sin was unworthy to come and was guilty of death. But God provided an atoning blood to make an approach for mankind. And he said, I will meet thee and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony and the things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. In the book of Psalms, chapter 80, verse 1, it would be spoken of this hallowed place. It said, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, which is God, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. So they would actually call on their God to shine forth his glory and because they knew he dwelled between the cherubims. It would, be, it would be also in 99 verse 1, it would say, the Lord reigneth. Let the people tremble. 
He sitteth between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. Because of his presence, things was going to be happening upon the earth on the behalf of God's children. He would be one who would be their advocate. He would be their one who would fight their battles. He would be the one who would heal all of their diseases. He would be one who conducted affairs of his children upon earth and saw about their welfare. I say, what a mighty God that is. Amen. Hezekiah would pray in Isaiah 37 and 16 when, uh, when they were encompassed with an innumerable army that they could no way on their own defeat. Yet Hezekiah would pray, Oh, Lord God, a Lord of hosts. That means Lord of armies, Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel that dwelleth between the cherubims. That Thou art the God, and even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heavens and earth. They knew who this one was who was dwelling in their midst. Amen. Because he, he, would, he dwelled in the heavens, yet he had a representation upon the earth through which he would conduct his affairs through God's people on earth. I want you to remember this as we think about our throne of grace that we have, that we just read about, that we can go to in our time of need. There upon that throne where, uh, to a God where that no man can approach without blood is the blood of our sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the true Lamb of God, who makes a way for us to enter boldly before his presence and walk in the places where no one else dared to come. Because in the temple, in that tabernacle, only the high priest could go into that holy place and not without blood, but he would come with the blood that he would slay of, of an animal for himself and for the people and would come cautiously, fearfully, amen, reverently into parting that curtain, walking behind it, moving into that sacred place where the Shekinah glory, that sacred pillar of fire, and was sitting down upon between the cherubims. And there he would offer blood once for all the people and sprinkle it seven times before the people for the seven dispensations ahead. Are you with me? Amen. But then we, we know that we also have a throne that we can approach to. But it is not without blood that we come. But it is with the blood of the Almighty God where God became a man and produced the blood that would be needed to make the atonement for our sins so that we could boldly approach. I would like to just bring your scene for a moment to Solomon's temple and the dedication there. We will read from 1 Kings 8 and 1. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribe and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel and the king Solomon in Jerusalem that they might bring the ark of the covenant 
out of the city of David, which is Zion. Now Solomon had built a temple. Now it was time to be removed from the tabernacle there in the city of Zion. To be placed now within the temple that Solomon had built. Remember, he had built this by a divine order and commission from God that he would build a house under the Lord. God would not allow David to do it because he had shed much blood. But he said, Solomon, the son of David, will build a house. Remember, this is very symbolic because, again, it was, could not be David but the son of David. And remember, it would be the son of David who would, would be, be built a house unto God where a body had been prepared for God to come and dwell in for the purpose of redemption. So you see, again, they, they were calling for the ark to come. And verse 2, and all the men of Israel assembled uh, to themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is, in the, which is the seventh month. And all the children, the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord, and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled with him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even un under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark, and the staves thereof above, and they drew out the staves that that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without, and there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb. When the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Amen. My, what a beautiful picture that is of the very cloud of glory that would come and, and would actually come and dwell among Israel. But I'll tell you even what a, a greater thing it is when your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost and the cloud of glory, the Shekinah glory comes to overshadow your life and to fill you with God's presence, amen, so that within you there could be the very place where God would dwell with his people. How wonderful is that promise to us. Now, I would like to skip down to verse 22 in this chapter 8 because I would like to share with you Solomon's prayer. This is, to me, an important part in this series on the mercy seat. Because Solomon stood before the altar 
of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel. And he spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath who keepeth covenant, that means keeps his promises, and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Amen. Oh, my. How could we deny mercy being there today unless we're not walking with all of our heart? Amen. And walking in his promises. Amen. Amen. So he says, who has kept thy, with thy servant David, my father, thou promisest him. Thou speakest also with thy mouth and, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand as in this day. Therefore, now, Lord God of Israel, Keep with thy servant David, my father, that thou hast promised him, saying, Thou shalt not fail thee, a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, so that thy children may take heed to their way, that they, may, that they walk before me as thou hast, hast walked before me. And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou speakest unto thy servant David, my father. But God will, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heavens of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house that I builded thee. You see, Solomon knew that no matter how much he'd seen the cloud come down into that physical temple, that he knew that was only a representation of the great glory of God who ruled from the heavens. Amen. Yet he had a representative representation upon the earth. Now notice, he said, Yet thou hast thou have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place which thou hast said, My name shall be there that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Now, let me tell you, friends, they, he, he knew that there was a place where God said, my name will be there. Now, some of these message cults today are saying you got to belong to them. They call themselves the bride, and so you have to belong to them because they have become God's chosen place of worship. Let's get it real straight. There is no church, no group, God's chosen place of worship. God's chosen place of worship is in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is not about belonging to a group. This is about belonging to him. Amen. This is not about an allegiance to a church upon the earth. This is about an allegiance to Jesus Christ and becoming his body. Amen. Now, so you, you see, you must belong to Christ because it is the only place that God has chosen to place his name. So he says, and hearken thou to the supplication of thy servants and of thy people Israel, 
when they shall pray toward this place, hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place when thou hearest forgive. Amen. Amen. Oh, isn't that the way we want? When you hear, forgive. Pardon. Let us find mercy. Amen. If any man trespass against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to cause him to swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this place, then hear thou in heaven, and do and judge thy servants, condemning the wicked to bring his way upon his head, and justifying the righteous to give him according to his righteousness. When thy people of Israel be smitten down before their enemy, because they have sinned against thee and shall turn again to thee and confess thy name and pray, make supplication unto thee in this house, then hear thou in heaven. Amen. What was he doing interceding on those of Israel who would stray away from God? Oh, I'm glad, church, that we have someone we can take our loved ones, our teenagers, our adult men and women or whoever they are, and we can take them before that throne and we can say, oh, God, they have sinned. They have turned away from thee. But, Lord, we we come back. We confess your name. We confess your promise. We offer that sacrifice. We implore that blood. Hear from heaven. Come on the scene. Amen. Then thou shalt hear from heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land that thou hast given unto their fathers. When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they sinned against thee. Now, you know, we think about sin, smoking, drinking, lying, cussing, but our friend, friend, sin is unbelief. And when the church gets to doubting, and when the church strays away from the truth, and the the rain is withheld, and there is no revival, and it's dead everywhere. Remember, no rain. It's dead in the field. It's dead with the cattle. It becomes dead with the people. But when there is no rain and, the, and, and heaven is shut up because they have sinned, because of unbelief, if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their doubting, when thou afflicts them, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel, that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk and give rain upon their land, which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. I say, God, forgive us of our unbelief. Forgive us of the isms and the false theology and things that has taken away from divine healing and the power of God and from the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the move of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost coming down and changing lives. Forgive us for that and send rain again to your bride, to your people. Don't withhold the heavens any longer. That ought to be the prayer of every one of us today. 
Amen. Friends, we, we need to get in this bride's revival. Amen. There's a rain that has fallen on the earth. Do not let it miss your field. Amen. It can be, listen, it can be raining all around you. And you can let it miss your field because of your own unbelief. And heaven is shut up from you. Amen. If there be in the land famine, if there be pestilence, blasting, mildew, locusts, or if there be caterpillar, if there be an enemy besieges them in the land of their city, whatsoever plague, he said, just name the plague. Whatsoever sickness there be, just name the sickness. What prayer and supplication soever be made by any man. Does that include you? Yes. Amen. Or by all thy people Israel. Amen. Which shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands toward this house. If you can just get him to start looking toward that throne. Amen. If you can just get him to raise their hands toward the heavens. Where there is an intercessor, where there is a mercy seat, amen, oh my, then thou, here thou in heaven, thy dwelling place, and forgive, and do, and give every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men that they may fear thee all the days that they live in the land that which thou givest unto our fathers. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out from a far country for thy name's sake, for they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and thy outstretched arm. My, that's the way the heathen ought to be hearing. It ought to be going out from every church. Amen. From this church. Come on, somebody. They hear, they hear of his great name. Amen. Of thy strong hand and thy outstretched arm when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for. That all the people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel. And that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward this house with that I have built for thy name. Then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not. And thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy. So they carry them away captives into the land of the enemy, far and near, Yet 
if they shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they are carried captive and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captive, saying, we have sinned. We have done perversely. We have committed wickedness. And so return unto thee with all their heart. Now, I want you to remember something. This, this is exactly what Elijah the prophet was sent to do, to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers, to bring a restoration, amen, to cause men to look back to Jehovah, to the sacrifice, to the original atonement, where they could seek God in his glory, the God who is the healer. Deliver, Savior, satisfy. Oh my, they shall return. So return unto thee with all their heart. This is what we want to do this morning. Amen. Malachi 4 can be sent with a message, but it's got to turn your heart. Come on, you can't keep on going on in your sins. Let the, let the sinner stop his feeble ways. Amen. Cut it off from worldly friends and some smoking and drinking and drugs and alcohol. Let him that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Come back to God again. Amen. And, and as a church, let's go on a little deeper. Let's, let's say God cleanse us then of our doubting and our unbelief. Amen, where we have been so timid to pray and we've been so reluctant to reach out to God because of the evil that is all around us. Let's take a look one more time at that place, that holy temple where there is a sacrifice. So return unto thee with all our heart and all our soul. In the land of their enemies, which led them astray captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, that thou gavest unto their fathers the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause. And forgive thy people that have sinned against thee. And all their transgressions wherein they have transgressed against thee. And give compassion before them who have carried them captive that they may have compassion on them. For they be thy people. And thine inheritance which thou broughtest forth out of Egypt from the midst of the furnace of iron. That thine eyes may be open unto the supplication of thy servants, unto the supplication of thy people Israel, to hearken unto them in all that they call for unto thee. For thou didst separate them from all the people of the earth. Think of this. To be thine inheritance, as thou hast spoken by the hand of Moses thy servant, when thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord. Now, listen, church, again, let's just revisit this and go back to the 19th verse for me, if you will. 
or the 29th verse, I'm sorry, that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even the place of which thou said, my name shall be there. Remember, it was in Deuteronomy 16 and 1. He said, observe the month of Abed. Keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God, for in the mouth of Abed, month of Abed, the uh, Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God and of the flock and the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to put his name there. Now, Brother Brandon would preach to us sermons called God's Chosen Place of Worship. And he says, church, wherever you are, what you belong to makes me no difference. But there's one thing you must know. You've got to be in Christ or you're dead. Amen. Listen, this is not about, you know, joining a group. This is about being birthed into Christ. Are you with me? One thing you must know, you've got to be in Christ or you're dead. You can't live outside of him. Your church might be all right as a building. Your fellowship might be all right as a man. But when you deny the body, that's the sacrifice, the blood, amen, that's the atonement, and the word of Jesus Christ, you're dead the minute you do it. It is God's chosen place of worship. That there is where his name is exactly. That's where he chose to put his name, not in the church, but in the Son, Jesus Christ. Notice safety only lied in the place of his choosing, in his lamb, in the name of the lamb. Notice it was a male lamb, a he, not a her. Not a church, she, but his name, not her name. Where was he going to meet the people was not in her name, but his name, him, the lamb. Amen. Again, you know, a church might be all right as a group of people. Amen. Your fellowship might be all right as far as man. Amen. That's okay. But listen, you must be in Christ. We can get you to the church, but you've got to go from the church to Christ. And that's the problem with too many today. They will belong to a church and never belong to Christ. Getting you to the church ain't even ain't, ain't our object. Our object is to get you to Christ. And this is what Brother Branham told us. Our failure today is we are not getting people to Christ. They're not coming the way of the blood. They're not coming the way of repentance. They're coming and they'll join a body of believers and become a member of that by association or by membership. Some actually put a name on a book or join, join a church. It's not about joining a church. It is, it is not even about being a friend with Jesus. It is about him becoming your Savior 
and you die to your sins and you being born of him and becoming a child of his. Now, but when you deny the body, that's the sacrifice, the blood, that's the atonement, the word of Jesus Christ, you're dead the minute you do it. It's God's chosen place of worship. That's where his name is. Now, if you notice, here again, it was, it was, it, it, here again was, was um, Solomon over and over and over and again pronouncing a blessing, asking for grace, asking for pardon, asking for forgiveness of, of transgressions. Over and over and over again, said, if your people will turn from their ways and look. If I give you just get them to look toward the temple and they will lift up their hands toward the temple and begin to pray, then hear from heaven. Now, you know, Jonah, Jonah understood this very well. Amen. He understood this, and I, I today don't know how he did it except by faith. Amen. Because here he was in a whale's belly. Can you imagine how dark it is in a whale's belly? Amen. How blind you are in a whale's belly. Uh, unseeing. You, you wouldn't know direction. You wouldn't know what direction the temple was. Whether it was east or west from where you were or where it was or how to get there. You're in the belly of a dark, a very, very dark place. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people who gets in a very, very dark place. Now he's, he had worse symptoms though than anybody in this building. He had bigger problems than maybe any of us here today. He was convicted now by his own neglect of duty and a willful disobedience to the word. Can you imagine that? He's praying and he knows he'd been doing wrong. He knows he's running from the presence of God. He knows he's out of the will of God. He knows he has got a direct order from God, and he turned and went the other way. And yet, somehow, down in the belly of that well, he begins to look toward this temple. It goes to show you, no matter how far you are away, Amen. No matter how deep and how black the darkness that you're in, that there is a way true for you to turn away and look away and not even see the darkness, but see a temple. To see a place where that you can pray toward that place and you know that God is going to hear your prayer. Let's read a little bit about Jonah. Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. 
And he said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. Now listen, you know, here's the thing about it. It didn't really matter that there were maybe other prophets in the land or other people God could use. God told Jonah. And I'm going to just say to you, you know, everybody else can belong to the, to, to the cults of the world. They can belong to the society of the world. But you can't. You've got a destiny. There's a call on your life. And that call is to be a child of God. You don't belong to the world and you don't belong to Satan's kingdom. And I don't care how determined you've been to go the other direction. This God knows how to reach down and find you in the deepest, darkest place of your life. Oh, hallelujah. This is a God rich in mercy. This is a God who'll never forget not one predestinated seed. He comes to seek and to save that which is lost. I cried by reason of my affliction. And you'll get to that place. You'll get that place. Your marriage will go south. Your home will fall apart. Your drunkenness will overtake you. The sins of unbelief will wallow you around and make you miserable. Until the point that you cry by reason of your affliction. Because I'm going to tell you something. God made you to worship him, not worship sin. He made you to worship him. He made you to look toward him. Amen. To the hills from which cometh thine help. For thy help cometh from the Lord. He didn't make you to be a slave of sin. I cried by the reason of my affliction under the Lord, and he, oh, hallelujah, heard me. Aren't you glad there's a God that can hear? He's not a dumb idol that can't speak, a dumb idol that can't hear, but he's a God who is listening. He can hear the faintest heart cry. He can hear the muffled cry of someone down in the belly of the well at the bottom of the sea. God can hear them and find them right there in their unbelief, covered up with every kind of sin and wickedness. But this God can come right down to find a sinner who's went the wrong way. He knows how to find you. He knows where you're at. He don't lose your number. He'll dial you up. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou 
heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, uh, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And then I said, I'm cast out of thy sight. I, I can't even see this. But I will look again. I'm going to get another look. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter how long you've been in sin. It doesn't matter how far down you have been. You can have another look. If we can just get you turn and look one more time. There in the heavens is a high priest that knows how you feel, that can be touched with the way you feel, that will respond to your need. He's a God rich in mercy. He never runs out. He'll never stop. He's unstoppable. Brother, he would come all the way from heaven lay aside his deity and become a man in order to walk among humanity to save a lost sinner, all of us. Yet, I'm going to look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compass me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped around my, about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Oh my, he's already starting to see a little light. Yeah. Amen. In this whole mess, this whole mess, he began to confess. Right. He began to confess that thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O oh Lord. Yes. Amen. Things are changing. Yes. Something is happening. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Yes. You know, it's easy sometimes for man to forget God. They forget his provisions. They forget what he did for your family. They forget how he, they, how he saved your wife and your mom and, or your mom and dad. Or they, forget, they forget. Sometimes people forget even, even the, the ditch that they were pulled out from. And they go right back. But now... He's in a place of desperation. He's in a place that he realizes, I've done wrong. And he said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. I want you today to remember the Lord. I want you to remember that, you know, while you have been given nothing back to him, he gave his all for you. I want you to remember, amen, how that he can bring you out of the miry clay. That he can set your feet up on the rock where that nothing can wash you away. Amen. That there is a place 
aware that there is fulfillment. That you don't have to be of this world and it's sin. I remember the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. Now he's seeing, listen, nothing's happened, nothing's changed yet. But he says, I remember the Lord and my prayer came up unto thee. Amen. He began to confess the word. Are you with me? Then he says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. You know, we make lying vanities, of course, Brother Brandon would call symptoms, which they are lying vanities. But lying vanities actually in this, in this um, scripture is, is idols. And a lot of people have idols. And anything that you put before God is an idol. Amen. You know, it could be your education. It could be um, some, some football or, you know, you, you can make idols out, out of movie stars or, or singers or music. or There's all kinds of things that you can make idolatry. You can worship. And, he, and so he said, those that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Uh, salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Can I just get it to you? He got him there where he was supposed to be all along. And you might have to be swallowed by a fish and get a lot of vomit. You might have to have the seaweeds tangled around your head and all kinds of scars upon your life and have the nightmares forever of your dark valleys. But let me just tell you this. Amen. The God remembers his promise. If he can just get you to turn from that and look toward that temple and say, I will pay my vows. In other words, I'm coming to repentance. I'm turning from my wickedness. And the Lord spake to the fish and it vomited Jonah on dry land. Wouldn't it be good today to make the devil so sick he just puked you out? (laughs) That you nauseated sin and wickedness so bad it didn't even want you anymore. And just puked you out. Listen, Jonah said, but with shouts of praise, I will offer a sacrifice to you, my Lord. I will keep my promise because you are the one with power to save. Let me tell you, friends, there ain't no one with power like this one. He's got power to save no matter how far. Amen. No matter how much sin, no matter what the situation, no matter how sick you are. No matter how 
made you. He's got power to save. He's a God that healeth all diseases, even sin disease. Brother Bradham would talk about this in many places, but in greater than Solomon, this is a 63 sermon. He said, but you know what Jonah said? They're lying vanities. I won't look to them, but once more I will look to your holy temple. There you are. He refused to see the whale's belly. All of a sudden, he wasn't seeing all the problems anymore. He was seeing the deliverer. He saw the Lord in his temple. Amen. Oh, why? He knew that when Solomon dedicated that temple to God, when the pillar of fire and cloud hung out there, that that prayer of Solomon passed over there and went down and took his resting place with the Ark of the Covenant. And when Solomon prayed, he prayed, Lord, if thy people anywhere be in trouble and look toward this holy mountain or this holy place and pray, then hear from heaven. And Jonah had confidence that God heard the prayer of Solomon because he was a servant of God. And if he could have that much prayer, faith, upon the prayer of a man that was dedicated in an earthly temple and a man praying that prayer, that finally in his life, Solomon backslid and under them circumstances with them kind of symptoms could have that much confidence that God would hear his prayer, how much more ought we who is sitting in the presence of the resurrected Jesus Christ look away from our symptoms to heaven itself where Jesus sits at the right hand of God with his own blood to make intercession upon our confessions. (laughs) When thousands around us and around the world where the great healing revivals are now striking right at this very hour. There is people being healed all around the world. The hour is here. And now we look at our symptoms, shame on us. Amen. When Jonah, under them circumstances, could look away from his symptoms... He refused to look at them, and he said, they are lying vanities. I will look toward your holy temple. Oh, God, listen to this. Give us men and women with rugged faith. Amen. Let me tell you, this ain't, this ain't Solomon praying anymore. This is Elijah praying. Amen. Oh, God, give us men and women with rugged faith who will not look to symptoms or look at anything the devil hands you, but hand it back to him. Oh, hallelujah. I believe there's a people rising that have fulfilled that prayer. Amen. That when the devil hands them something, they just hand it back to him. We don't have to take nothing from you. Amen. Because why? We have a sacrifice. We have an atoning blood. We have the power of this atonement. Hand it back to him. You say, you say, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
I believe in his all-sufficient power. I believe that his presence is here now to set me free from any bondage that Satan put upon me and to look where he sits at the right hand of God, ever living to make intercessions for me. With his own blood, as a high priest, he sits there over it. How much more ought we to look to the holy place of God where Jesus himself, our mediator, the only one between God and man, stands with his blood to make intercession on our confession. Amen. Amen means so be it, and I believe it with all my heart. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. If you believe like the prophet of God did, you would know with his own blood, as a high priest, he sits there over it. How much more we ought to look to the holy place of God, where Jesus himself, our mediator, thanks be to God. Listen, the message didn't take away the atonement. Amen. The coming of a prophet's message did not remove it. Amen. No way did he remove it. No, he is still our mediator. The only one between God and man stands with his own blood to make intercessions on our confession. That means you go to confessing it. Amen. Confessing your sins, confessing your unbelief, cleaning up from toward God, turning your heart back to him, seek him with all your soul, with all your heart. Look away from your symptoms. Amen. And everything and how long the devil's had you and how long you've been sick or how long you've been in sin or whatever the situation is. I'm preaching healing this morning. Amen. Some of this healing is on the soul realm, that's salvation. Some of it's on the spirit realm, that's that depression that's bothering you. Some of it's on the body realm, but it's all healing. For he said, I'm the Lord God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. Hallelujah. Amen. You ought to believe it with all your heart. Amen. Instead of looking at the evils of the age, we look to the heavens where Jesus sits. Amen. You see, the age that we're in is drowning in the sin of unbelief. It's engulfed in the despair of the depths and the darkness of the deep. But can we look through this whale's belly and this vomit to see a throne of mercy where Christ sits? And not only does Christ sit, but we sit there too. We sit there too. Oh, yeah. We sit there too where Jesus sits with him. Because he lives, we live. Because he reigns, we reign with him. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. But we can look through this whale's belly, this vomit that's in this sea of humanity of life, and we can see a mercy, throne of mercy, where Christ sits. Because he represents us there. Amen. And because he represents us there, we are seated with him. Amen. This means that this means we are seated with him there in heavenly places, which means we are seated with Christ, with authority and with power over every devil. 
Amen. Remember, Jonah, no matter how backslidden you are, God ordained you to reign. He did not ordain the whale's vomit and the seaweeds and the whale to have dominion over you. He ordained you to have dominion over it. That's what God has called you for, for dominion, not to be a slave to sin. Amen. At that moment, Jonah is a slave to the whale. He goes wherever it goes. Wherever he takes it, takes him, that's where he goes. Until something that Jonah begins to do makes the devil sick. Isn't it time you start nauseating your enemy? Isn't it it time that you get to the point like like Israel was down there in in that exodus? uh, Where that, you know, where Pharaoh gets plagued and plagued and plagued and plagued. And this is what was starting to happen with this whale. Jonah's faith began to plague him here and plague him there. Nauseate him here, nauseate him there to finally just, I don't want you no more. Amen. Are you with me now? I ain't trying to make you sick, but I am trying to get you to stay with me a minute. Think of it just for a minute now because Moses is down there in Egypt. Amen. And he has got a mandate from God that says to the devil, let my people go. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's a people in this last day that's got a mandate for the devil too that says, let my people go. Here they came back to the homeland. Here they came out of denomination, out of the isms of man. Here they come back to the word of God. Why are you here? Because there was a message. There was a mandate given to the devil. Let my people go. But I tell you what, God isn't just interested in getting you into a church. God is want to get you in a rapture. Amen. And I'll tell you what, when he tried to make deals with them and say you can only go so far, they didn't believe in so far religion. No, no, no. Luther only went so far. And Wesley only went so far. Pentecost only went so far. But we're going all the way. Amen. We're going all the way. Oh, well. All right. Just leave the kids behind. Just leave your wives and your children the weak ones, leave all them behind. And Moses swelled up in him. And it ought to swell up in you. Amen. I didn't say let some of them go. Amen. I didn't, let, I didn't say just let the strong one go. We're going to even take those that are weak in faith. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Branham said the third pull was actually given for those that are weak in faith so that they could have faith. This third pull is this word that God sent. It was to give you faith when you had none. In a faithless generation, in a faithless world, God gave you faith. Let my people go. Okay. No, I'm not letting them go, okay? All right, but we're not dealing with you. 
We're not taking your no for an answer. We'll just plague you a little more. We'll make the devil so miserable. Until finally Pharaoh said, get out. Take your your wives, take your children, take your cattle, take everything, and just get out. Oh, brother, I'll tell you, I can't wait until a group of people make the devil so sick until he finally just gives up on you and say, get out. Get out of my Eden. Get out of my world. Get out of my society. Just get out. You don't belong here. You're right, devil, and we're going, and we're not leaving a hook behind. We're taking our children. We're taking our wives. We're taking our husbands. We're taking the weak. We're taking the strong. We're taking them all, and we're going to the promised land. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Why? Because we have a high priest. We've got a place. We can look at a temple. We can look into the heavens where we have a sacrifice where Jesus paid it all. And we don't owe the devil nothing. Nothing. We owe him nothing. Because he represents us there. We are seated there with him in heavenly places. That means we are seated with him with authority and power over every devil. You know, all of a sudden, in that whale's belly, Jonah began to look toward the temple. And he began to believe and began to pray. And in his prayer of repentance, instantaneously, he was before the throne of God being heard in that temple. And that's all it takes. One moment, turning from your ways, denying your unbelief, confessing him. And you can be in that instant with him before the throne of grace. Making the devil so sick that you triumph over your enemy. Amen. Listen, he represents us there and we are seated with him with authority and power over every devil. Oh, you say, Brother Tim, not my devil. Well, I'm sorry you claim him, but I don't. So, you know, I don't believe it's he's yours. I don't believe you belong to him. I I believe you belong to Christ. And let me tell you, he can control that devil that controls your life. Not my problem, Brother Tim. If I can just get you to believe one minute, just one moment, confess your sins, you too will have power over the well that you're in. You too will have him vomiting you out on dry land. Now listen, if you just 
in this service, just begin to pray a prayer, saying, God, help me. And begin, your faith begin to rise that there is hope for me. Then you're already beginning to believe. And if you started believing, you are now a believer. Even if you just started believing. Come on. Hey Amen. Listen, listen, you, you, you know how it is. You know, you know how it is. I, I think it was John Andes that demonstrated for us how quickly, how quickly in a prayer line sin could be forgiven. Amen. Pulls a person aside. Brother Branham pulls a person aside and say, you know, whispers to them, you've been doing this and this and that. Oh, God, forgive me. All right, your sins are gone. Hallelujah. Your sins are gone. Your sin, listen, it don't, take, it don't take hours and hours. Amen. It takes one moment of believing. Takes you just turn it and you say, "Now, brother Tim, but I, 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 I'm I'm a weak one. I, I I'm just a, I'm, I'm a baby believer. I, I'm just starting to believe. I, just since I've been in this church this morning, I I just started believing. Listen to this. Then the least of his believers. Oh, that's me, brother Tim. No matter how little or whatever you are, the least of his believers in him has all evil." under them. Amen. See, look, Christ is the head of the body. Is that right? Wherever the head is, the body is with him. Glory, where my head goes, it takes my body with it. And where Jesus is, the church is with him. Amen. He don't get out of his word. He stays in his word. He watches over it to make it manifest. His church is with him. And now, look, you say, but Brother Branham, I'm the least one. That's the soles of his feet. But remember, he has triumphed with you over every bit of it, even if you're the soles of his feet. Every sickness. Oh, are you with me now? Amen. Every devil, every power, even death itself is under you. Amen. Glory. And he said, I don't feel like I was 52 this morning. This is the truth. If I can just get this church to see that, brother, we'll be a triumphant church. Now we went from the least of the believers to the whole church. If I can just get the church to see it, we'll be a triumphant church. Believers in him, all evil under him. You say, Brother Branham, I have no power. He said, neither do I. I don't have any power. Well, Brother Branham, I'm a weakling. So am I. But I'm not dependent on my strength. It ain't my strength. I'm dependent on my authority. My authority given me. It's not me strong. I ain't strong. He is strong. And I'm his. Are you with me now? I'm his. Remember, I mentioned Jack Coe here some time ago. I mentioned him, and I just bring it for reference again real quick. But Jack Coe, you know, was a divine healing um, man who got a, a preacher that got his inspiration from Brother Branham seeing blind eyes come open. Actually, man with no eyes. I don't get tired of telling it. I hope you don't get tired of hearing it. 
But the man had no eyes. And Brother Branham told him, said, in three days, you'll have eyes in your head, and then after that, you'll start seeing. And Jack was sitting there as a scoffer, a preacher, even a Pentecostal preacher, but was scoffing. Oh, anybody could make that up and say that. This man will get lost in the crowd, and he'll be gone, and nobody will ever know. He said, but as Brother Branham passed by, he patted his, me on the, on the leg and, and held it for many. He said, nothing's wrong with you. You're just wore down from meetings. He said, what are you so skeptical about? He said, you're called to pray for the sick too. You're a preacher. Go on with your ministry. Why? Now he felt commissioned. But he said, I still wanted to know about this blind man. So three days later, I was back in the meeting, and he said, there was that blind man in the meeting. I met him. Now he has eyeballs in his head. By the, later on that evening, he said uh, he, had, he, he not only had eyeballs in his head, he, he was seeing. Because our God's a creator. That made a believer out of old Jack. But Jack got in the point, you know, he began to pray for needs and began to pray for sick, and he had tremendous faith. But there was one that got too big for his faith. He saw somebody so hideously crippled, he kept sending them to the back of the line. I, you know, I don't believe I got enough faith for that. You know, as he put him back, and, you know, and, and, and he prays for some more, and this guy would come up, well, go back to the end of the line, you know, and he, and he, he didn't. Finally, he got... He was the end of the line. And he began to pray and said, God, what am I going to do? This, thing, this man is so hideous and bad. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that I, I got the faith to help this man. And God spoke to Jack and said, Jack, you're not the healer I am. Sometimes I think we forget who's in charge. We're not the high priest. He's the high priest. Amen. It ain't us that has to do it. He paid it all. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. We're worried about whether I got the strength. It ain't about us. It's about him. It wasn't Jonah's strength that got him out of the well. It was God's strength that got him out of the well. How in the world are you going to overcome that habit? How are you going to raise above that unbelief? I'll tell you how. By the strength of God. Are you with me? Amen. He says, I, Brother Brandon said, I don't have any power. Jack had no power. You got no power. Well, Brother Brandon, I'm a weakling, and that's true of all of us. We couldn't help nobody. Amen. The, the fanciest prayer we can pray can't help a soul. Are you with me? Amen. But oh, if you can ever put your faith in him that can, it can move mountains. Are you with me? I'm depending not on my strength. I'm depending on my authority. My authority given to me. It ain't me that's strong enough. He's strong and I'm his. Well, let's put on the whole arm of God, the helmet of salvation. This great big shield the size of a door of faith. Oh, brother, it's not what he is. It's what he represents. Amen. Pin on you the badge of authority. Amen. Put on that badge of authority. Look, it's okay with me that you're ashamed of being an American. 
Really, it's okay with me. If you're ashamed of being American, that's okay with me. There's a lot of shame to America. Come on, somebody. Amen. But let me just tell you, friends, there ain't no reason to be ashamed of being a Christian. There ain't a reason good enough, big enough to burn your flag, your identity as a child of God. You ought to stand proud and put on, I am a believer. Wear your badge. Put on your helmet. Get your shield out there. Pull a sword in your hand. It don't belong in your sheath. It's not decoration. It is for you to use against the wiles of the devil. It's not that you're strong. You are nothing. Amen. And he said, that's the way it is. That's the way it is with a police officer. <laughs> you know, I got stopped here a while back by police. I put some new tires on my truck, and they recommend a certain, certain tire. And so I just unwittingly put a bigger tire than what the specs um, required on it. And I've never got a ticket in my life, it's truth, until then. And I'm going down the road. John Andes was with me. And I had my cruise set. And we was talking about the Lord. And some little rusting cop come along, you know. But hey, he had authority. And listen, I told him everything. I told him I loved the man in blue. I told him everything. Nothing, nothing I could tell him changed his mind. He wrote me out a ticket. I had sinned. I had transgressed the law in the city of Ruston, and I didn't even know why. I could argue with him. I tried to tell him, look, I've never, look, I just passed two state troopers, and they didn't stop me. You arrested, and I gave all of these reasons, and nothing got me out of it but to pay my fine. Because he had the authority. Now, the devil cannot play innocent. And I was innocent. I didn't purposely go and break the law. I did it because my speedometer was wrong. But the devil cannot make excuses. And he has no right to hold you as a child of God. And you have a badge of authority as a believer. And all of heaven, did somebody hear me? All of heaven stands behind your authority. And you don't have the power. Amen. When that man throwed on his lights, lights couldn't stop me. It was his authority that stopped me. Come on, somebody. Amen. It wasn't his super strength that he could stop me. It was his authority that stopped me. And let me tell you, it is not your great strength that has stopped the devil. It is your authority as a believer. You put on that badge. You put on the shield. You put the helmet on. You're dressed in the uniform of a soldier. And you speak the word. 
and confess your promise. Now, what's behind you? You're here to keep the law in order. I'm going to hear your prophet say it. You're going to keep law and control over these devils. Did you hear what I said? You are going to. Amen. Listen, we do not have to let the devil run all over our church, our families, our children, our lives. Oh, no. We're on the police force. We have the badge of authority. When that policeman goes out there and blows his whistle, holds up his gloved hand, signs his badge, big old semis come screeching to a stop. Amen. But when you realize who you are and you raise your hand, amen, and blow your whistle on the devil and say enough is enough. Amen. You're a lawbreaker. You broke the word of God. You have stood in the way of the church of Jesus Christ. And today we're taking control over your life. We We are binding the enemy. Somebody help me. Let me tell you, when that hand goes up, every break begins to screech. Amen. Scream, they'll get hot. Them old old 18-wheelers weighing tons will come to a big halt. Why? Because authority just spoke. Come on now. Authority. When you take the Word of God and you put it in your lips, it's the same as deity speaking, and devils have got to stop in their track because authority just spoke. Hallelujah. Oh, let me just say, Brother Branham said this in Enzyme. Brother Branham, do you have power? I wish I had power. We don't have power. We are not to have power. We got authority. It's not a power. It's authority. We don't need power. Christ has the power. But we got the authority. There's a lot of difference. He was the one who conquered. He conquered and gave us the authority. He's got the power, but we got the authority, just like any ambassador going to another country. Now, here, let me explain it to you. You go down one of these crosses, and he's using Phoenix, for example. He's along about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That's busy traffic. There's a policeman standing there. Here's cars passing 40, 50 miles an hour. Little bitty policeman, maybe not five foot tall, walk out there. And why? He hasn't got power enough to stop one of them cars. See, they, they hired Joe Adams on their police force. Well, they just pick up that little fella and they would crush him. I'm trying to keep you with me. Somebody listening? Amen. He hasn't got power. But he's got authority. Everything will stop because he raised up his hands because he has an authority. Oh, now listen. That policeman acts in the name of the city, not in his own name. Amen. Now, Brother Bradham goes on to say, when a man or a woman is dressed in the full armor of God, it ain't power. It's authority from on high when he says, 
Well, devils will scream and bricks will scream and even death itself will shatter and graves will open at the authority that Jesus Christ gave his church. All men know this. These signs shall follow them that believe. Lift up the authority, the ensign. Amen. Will you stand with me? Let the musicians come. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and every devil has been conquered and is under his feet. Did you hear what I'm saying? And he is head of the body and the church is his body. So if it's under his feet, it's under you. Let's bow our heads together just a moment. Today we have lifted up the ensign. We blowed the whistle. We preach the word. We preach there is pardon. Listen. Perversion, sex sins, sins of the flesh, drunkenness, filthiness, vile, unbelief, none of that was meant to hold you. You might be like Jonah. You've been running from the presence of God. Can you just at this moment look away from your whale's belly? I've I've seen many a young person, I never dreamed my life would turn out like this. I've tried to talk with young people, even young married people, and said, look, go and sin no more. A worse thing will come on you. What worse could be? than what I've already been in. Listen, no matter how successful you are in life or what you do, without Christ, you've totally lost everything. Has the seaweed's been big enough? Has the whale's vomit been bad enough? Have you got down in that place of despair and that darkness in your life and you're ready to turn your eyes on Jesus? Will you look toward the temple? Will you look toward the priest, the high priest? Will you look away from that sin right now? Say, remember me, Lord. Remember me. I need you, Jesus. I made a mess of my life, but I need you, Jesus. I need you right now, right now. He's calling. He's talking to your heart. He's speaking to you. Don't turn him down. It only gets darker. It only gets darker. The affliction only gets worse. It only gets worse.
Will you turn from your ways this morning? Listen, the Holy Spirit, God knows I, I, I don't even know how to plan a service. First of all, I don't know who's here and who won't be here. So I don't even know how to, to plan a service. I don't even know how to have a, a moment like this. He places something on my heart, lays things that interjects them right in the middle of where I'm preaching on the high priest to preach this in an evangelistic way. It's not for nothing. It's to reach out to a soul. You come to church, but won't you come to Christ now? I challenge you. And I say to Satan, let my people go. Once you turn loose of that sin and that worldliness, that unbelief right now, and turn to Jesus. He's the only one that can help you. He's the only one that can help you. I can't help you. I'm not strong enough to help you to overcome things. But the overcomer's here. Maybe you just want to start just by lifting a hand. Say, Brother Tim, would you pray for me right now? Will you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Would you remember me? Remember me. Remember me, Lord. Remember me. Remember me in this moment. And man, just, just, uh, you say, why do you do that? Because you said, draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. He can reach further down than what you can look up. Amen. You say, I'm so far away from God. I'm so far. I've drifted out so far. Listen, you haven't. It's his arm of mercy reaching out to you this morning. Mercy says, no, I won't let them go. I'll bring a message of salvation and grace to them. I'll turn their lives around right now. Amen. Amen. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. As far as the east is from the west, I'll remove your sins from you. Remember me, Lord. Remember me. Would there be one more before we pray right now? Remember me. Remember me. God sees you. God knows. Remember me. Amen. Amen. As I, as I pray right now, man, if you want to make a full surrender from God, I want you to move out of, your, out of your seat, come down this altar, and let's just talk it over with him right now. Let's just speak to him. Amen. You talk it over with God right now. Amen. Just speak to him. As I pray, while we're praying now, right now, Jesus, You sent me to preach the gospel. And you gave me a word of prophecy upon my heart today that commissioned me to speak a word that would free the children of God. I'm asking for every soul, Lord, that has reached out to you, you'll reach down to them. Lord, that you'll reach down to the soul right now, no matter how far they have been in the world and how far in sin they have stooped. May today the chains fall off of their lives and they realize 
I am no longer a slave to sin. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just keep praying just a minute. Amen. I know there's more. I know there's more. The day you seek me with your whole heart, that's the day you'll find me. He calls, he knocks. If any man will open the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. I'll sup with him, he with me. We'll have that fellowship at my table. Just turn your eyes upon Jesus. You ever get a look at him? Look full at his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely, strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely. Strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So, well, Brother Tim, I'm, I'm a believer, but I've still let some things have, I've still clinging to me as some of that of the world, some of that sin, some of that wickedness, some of that, some of that that I haven't let go of. And today I want to make a full surrenders to God. I want to make a reconsecration in my life. I realize there's some things that needs to be picked up in my life. I ain't right. And I need that consecration in my life. Amen. As I, as I, as I sing again, I want you to come. Why am I doing this? Because you should come unto me. All you that are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. For the spirit of the bride, say, come. And let him that is of thirst come and drink of the water of life freely. Father, I just ask, Lord, today, for every heart, for every life, for every soul, You'll just deal with their hearts, Lord, right now. Never backslidden, never cold and indifferent. Everyone that lacks that consecration, 
everyone that lacks that token in their life, that Holy Spirit, when they know that they know they've got that ticket in their hand. May today they throw down their worldly bag of peanuts and come to you. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed just for a minute. How many sick in the building this morning? You got symptoms in your body. You got things you need healing of. You need deliverance. You know there's, there is a balm in Gilead. There is a healer in the house. Because there's a healer in the house, there's healing in the, for you today. You can look away from your sickness, from your vanities. You can call it a lying vanity. I want you to call that sickness right now, whatever it is. I want you to call that thing a lying vanity. But those that observe lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy. Don't forsake your mercy this morning. Forsake that lying vanity. Call it what it is. It ain't nothing but a tormenting spirit from hell. And you have, we have been given authority as a church of the living God to cast it out. Amen. You need healing in your body? Raise your hands right now. Amen. I rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command the sickness to go from your body and you to be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There was something just went through this building right now. Amen. Hallelujah. There's... Glory to God, evil spirits departed from them. Amen. Tormenting spirits because the healer is in the house. No, it ain't Tim Pruitt. Amen. It's a greater, greater one than Tim Pruitt. It's he that has all the power. He has the keys of death and of hell in his hands. And nothing, there's nothing can stop him. Amen. Nothing can stop him. He heals all your diseases. I proclaim you healed in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Now I want you to go to praising God for it. Because you promised, I will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving in the house of the Lord. Amen. I will offer a praise to him. I want you to go to praising him right now. Amen. Jonah did it before he saw the symptoms gone. He began to praise. He began to look toward that temple. He began to see, I have, hallelujah, I have a temple I can look to. And how much more can we look to that temple? Where there's healing for our disease, deliverance for his people. In Jesus' name, just talk it over with him. Wherever you're at, just talk it over with him. Amen. It's you that just needs to do the praying, calling out to God. You see, he, the Bible said, he that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So look to him. We'll just turn your eyes upon Jesus. And look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will go strangely. It's in the light. 
around the altar now. Into my heart, come into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Just worship Him now. In to my heart. been prayed for now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Back here, Brother Orlando. Oh, bless, bless the Lord. Lord. Oh, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. For he has done
morning. Amen. Has he done great things for you? Amen. Has he worked in your life? Has he been a God rich in mercy? Amen. Can we worship him? Can we give him the praise that is due him? Amen. Let us do it with all our heart this morning. Amen. I want you to sing it. I want you to lift your voice up right now saying, bless the Lord. I deny this trouble. I deny every bit of it. I look to the hills. I look to the throne. I look to the promise of God. Just about to break through to him and do it again now. Bless the Lord. Come on now. Oh, my soul. Do it with all your heart now. With all, with all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Sing it again to him now. Oh, bless the Lord. He loves to be worshipped. Amen. Come on, sing it again now. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He hath done great things. He's healed our diseases. Amen. He's come right down in our midst. He's saved from sin. Amen. He'll even do more. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Sing it again. He has done great things. He has done great things. Yes, he has done great things. Oh, he has done great things. Bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Oh, that is within. sitting in heavenly places. I may believe we're there as Christians this morning. Amen. We are standing then on holy ground. Come on, sing it to him now. And I know that there are angels. Oh yeah. Brushing you. Coming right down this touching you right now let us praise come on let's praise 
him now. Come on, worship him now with all your heart. We are standing, we are standing. Could you stand in there? Just reach out and touch him with your knee. Touch him, Jesus. That's all that really matters. Bring him right down. Create an atmosphere in this place. Where the Holy Spirit Amen, for we are standing in his presence on holy ground. Come on, worship him now with all your heart. Sing it again to him, we are standing. Aren't you standing? Aren't you standing? On holy ground. Hallelujah. And I know. That are all around. all around. Thank you, Lord. Oh, so let, let us praise. Let us praise our Jesus now. Amen. Oh, we are standing in his presence on holy ground. Sing it one more time. Worship him now. Oh, we are standing, yes, Lord, on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Mercy rewrote my life. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy rewrote my life. What happened? I would have fallen my soul. Down. But a God reach in mercy, reach down. Oh, yes. Zero. My life. Sing it again to him now. Thank God for mercy and rewrote my life. Oh, mercy. I should have fallen my 
my soul cast down, but mercy renews my life. One more time now. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. Amen. Then your life will never be, never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. And there's only one way to touch me. Just believe when you call on his name. Sing it again. Oh, touching Jesus is all that really matters. Thank God. And your life will never be, never be the same. And there's only just one way to touch him. When you call his name, touching Jesus is all that Just 